Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. And what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. Can we talk about how it's basically at the end of the year? Where did January and honestly summer and everything go? But that's another story. Today, we have one of my favorite brands here, Sperry's. We have Elizabeth Drory, who is their CMO, and Adina Sultanek, who is the Director of Brand Common Partnerships. And we're talking about all things Sperry's, you guys. I have stories for days about, like, wearing Sperry's that I share later in the episode that you guys will hear. And then also, the brand's just done a lot of cool collabs. Like, their Jaws ones was still one of my favorites. Um, they've done a lot of cool stuff. And, yeah. I don't even know where to start. So much to go into. But if you like boating, if you like yachting, if you like quiet luxury, if you <laughs> if you just want to hang out, this episode for you. So grab a seat, grab a snack, and let's get into Sperry's with Elizabeth and Adina. Adina, Elizabeth, welcome to the show. How are you guys? Hi, how are Thanks. you? Thanks for having us. Of course. So before we get started in talking all things Sperry's, we like to start with the question... Um, what the term young influentials means to you. And it can be anything that comes to mind. There's no wrong answers. I'll, I'll give an answer in, in a Sperry context. <laughs> so we, we, we have our, our brand campaign or, or sort of um, rallying cry is called Make Waves. And we love that language because it's oceany and nautical and on brand, but also because it really speaks to people being active and people like marking, you know, territory and pushing us forward in culture and society in an influential way. And so I think young influentials is people who are making waves in what they're doing and what they care about um, and for others. I love that. Adina, do you have I just came up with that. <laughs> I have a similar answer. I, my, mine is a little bit more academic or corny. I mean, I guess because I, I work in communication, so I like to uh, think about words and, and like the roots of the words. So whenever I think of the word 
influencer or influence, I always think of the the root, which is like flow or fluid. So I feel like somebody, an influencer has someone has the power to like cause something to flow or something to make waves, you know, so you can like cause a flow of an idea of ideas or energy, or even just like causing someone to buy something. But, you know, having that like confidence um, to be able to shape how people behave or act and, and cause a flow. And I think Paul Sperry uh, was a was a, an early adopter influencer back in the 30s when he started his his brand and got all these people, including the U.S. Navy, to wear it. I love that. That's such a that's a, that's such a good that's such a good outlook and think of it. It's like when you think about like back then, a lot of the people who started these brands, you're like, oh, they were influencers by kind of like pioneering or starting something new that wasn't there, especially back then when people probably thought all of them were crazy starting various businesses or new products that weren't even a thing back then. So that is true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like to get it off the ground, you know, he basically like did, you know, like pop-ups, you know, he would go to the yacht club and get all the dudes there to place orders. And then he would write letters to retailers and they would buy them. And then like the Navy ended up getting it. And that's how like we, we got our roots in like this whole yacht culture, but it was really because those were the people that, you know, he influenced or, or that followed him. And it was just a lot more mano a mano wasn't like through social media it was like literally you know his inner circle and and how that radiated out that is true and that's awesome you bringing up yacht made me think of the genre of yacht rock which i really like yes <laughs> so i could go down we that rabbit hole you should check it out we have we have some good yacht rock on there um, but before we get into all the current stuff you all are up to, take us back to childhood Elizabeth and childhood Adina. What were some brands that you all loved and that really um, influenced you growing up that you really um, admired? One of the brands I was very attached to, I would say like from middle school through high school, was Doc Martens. And I know I might not supposed to be saying that because I work for another shoe brand, but um, I really had such an attachment to them. And I think Part of it was just what they embodied in, in terms of that um, badassness <laughs> that, that made, you know, a suburban kid feel really cool. But also, um, I traveled a lot. I, I, I ice skated when I was younger, and I traveled to Europe, which I loved, and I would find them there. They weren't as popular or widespread here, so they were also sort of a symbol of my European journeys and feeling like I was, you know, in the know with what, what I could, um, what I could procure when I was <laughs> overseas. <laughs> like the kind that you couldn't get in America, you'd get like a special like European edition. I know that was like, yeah, that's total so cool. Game. That's awesome. yeah. yeah. I had like navy blue steel toe Ooh. ones that were from Italy or something. Yeah. So, so that, that, that still is, is very dear to my heart. I love Shoe brands are important. I love, that's so cool. What about you, Adina? Well, I grew up in uh, in Brooklyn, and uh, when I was growing up, I used to go to the the village all the time. And Patricia Field was really like a big fashion influence for me, and like all the brands that were in there. So just like a lot of independent brands, a lot of like club kid fashion, um, not like big names. But then there was also like Gerbo. I used to uh, be obsessed with Denise Huxtable. Wasn't <laughs> 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 uh, my grandma to take me to Bloomingdale so I could pick up like the the drop crotch jerbones uh, every season. So that was my other big one. Oh, I love nice. I love that. Now, for both of you, did you all? When did your uh, kind of commerce journey uh, journey and like career start? Like, did you guys have like a? Did you guys always start at Spirits or kind of where did that journey um, kind of begin? Do you want me to start? Yeah. Well, 
I, when I graduated college, I was recruited by Macy's. I worked in their um, management training program, which was like this grueling 16 week thing where you, you know, did a lot of management classes and they, you know, put you on the floor in different stores around in the area. Uh, and then I eventually ended up just working in, in Herald Square after uh, like after that training program, which was a, a whole other experience. And, you know, from there, I so I had that retail background and a little bit of a, a buying background, but that wasn't really my thing. So I eventually ended up working for a designer and then I worked uh, at a magazine and sort of like rolled out, um, you know, different, different opportunities. But my, my first job was at Macy's and I still kind of love it there. Oh, I love it. That's so cool. And the Herald Square one's yeah. such a fun one to start out in if you had to pick. Yeah. I used to be in the Thanksgiving day parade every oh, year. That's they, so they cool. <laughs> what about you, Elizabeth? So I, I I definitely made some choices after college that were not thoughtful in terms of like, what do I really like and want to do? <laughs> so we're like, what's a good job? And, you know, how do I get, get started? So my first job after college was working in the defense industry in corporate finance, which is so completely random. Um, and, and, you know, I got to live in Los Angeles and I, I eventually got to live in Paris, which was amazing. And while I was there, I realized this is not at all, you know, <laughs> despite the fact that I get to live here, like, this is so far from anything that I, I really care about or want to do. So I ended up going back to business school to get my MBA and, and, and switch careers. Um, but what's funny is my first commerce experience was actually working for The Gap when I was in college. Oh, so it's sort of like, you you sometimes make these choices not to listen to it, but then you look back and you're like, no, 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 it does make sense. Like I, you know, I worked at the Gap. Like <laughs> I, I like I like Doc Martens. Like I always was fond of of this space. Um, so you know, sometimes you you take a while to get there. It's it's best uh, if there are any young ones listening. It's best to start out pursuing what you actually want to do. That would be my. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gap had so many iconic ones. Like I remember the Gap khaki ones that you guys did with Sarah Jessica Parker. Like, I feel like that was like my first intro. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like Gap's always been, I feel like that the forefront of like really cool, whether it's holiday ads or just really fun campaigns that just like get you energized and excited about whatever's coming. So that's so fun. Mm-hmm. I still have a belt from when I worked there. <laughs> it was like in the men's section and we found them for $2 because they were stuck in the, you know, back stock room or something. And I bought them for everyone in my family. It's <laughs> still such a good belt. Like it's the best $2 men's belt. <laughs> I love that. So can you guys both kind of share like what Sperry's is and then like what your guys' current roles there are? And whoever wants to start can start. Elizabeth can start. So, um, so what is Sperry? Sperry is a, a shoe brand founded by Paul Sperry, as Adina was saying, our, our young influential of all influentials. And uh, we're known for boat shoes. We also make sneakers and boots and, and a lot of other things. Very preppy, um, very inspired by, by the water. And it's a really special brand. Um I joined three years ago as chief marketing officer, and I also oversee our e-commerce business. So cool. And Adina? Uh, well, I've been here for five years, and I oversee uh, the PR and communications and social media. Um, yes, Barry is like an American heritage brand. It's one of the oldest uh, brands out there. We're going to be 90 next year. And, uh, you know, I think that 
you know, every, not everyone, but mo- a lot of people have a, a unique connection to Sperry. Whenever I meet people and I tell them I work here, they all have a, a story. They have an emotional connection, their family, you know, someone in their family wore it or they wore it when they were a kid. It's a brand like Doc Martens. It's a brand that like actually stands for something and almost gives a person like a brand identity. And a lot of people have this really strong emotional connection to the brand, which is what we try, we try to tap into a lot with the heritage brands is really find the reason that people love this brand and, and really continue to make them love it and and pass it on to the next generation. And what do you guys think is the key to legacy brands, like being able to keep the core root of what they started on, but also evolve with the times and being able to market to younger generations? Because I feel like a lot of times brands that are older struggle with that. They're like, we want to make sure our returning consumers have the same experience that they're used to, but also we want to reach a new demo. Like, is there like a fine line or a formula? Like, how do you all feel like it works for you all at Spiri's? I think Adina said it really well that we're we're most successful when we tap into what our fans love about the brand. I think over the past 10 years, Sperry has adopted different positioning, you know, strategies that have veered away from the the core or or its legacy. And, you know, over the past few years, we've really brought it back to the water and what that means. We talk about the interpretation of that today, we, we use the words vacation mindset. Like if you can, it's not just about having a boat, but if you could close your eyes and have that feeling of being by the water, which is such a strong feeling, people have such an, a deep emotional connection to water, then that's something really powerful for us to tap into. And that both relates to our heritage as well as, as, as to modern days. Um, and, you know, I think we're we're always trying to look for ways to make the product feel relevant through styling, through consumer adoption, you know, how it fits into culture. So those are the efforts that that we make to try to make it feel relevant. But but at the end of the day, Sperry is is a brand with, you know, deep fans and and we have to we have to build from there. I love that. And Dina, did you have anything that you wanted to add? Yeah, I mean, we have the iconic boat shoe that everybody loves. And there's also the CVO sneaker, which is like the first shoe that Paul Sperry ever invented. And, you know, a lot of people think about Sperry, they think about the CVO, Paul Newman wore it. And then there's also a lot of people who think about the boat shoe and boat shoe is really making a huge comeback right now. So when people want the OG, they still come to us. So we have the the classics and then we sort of build on that with We'll have like a modern, more modern fashion forward version of a boat shoe. And then we we fill it in with um, really cool collaborations. So uh, in the past year, we did a collab with uh, with Pleasures, which is like an L.A. based um, kind of art skate brand. Uh, we worked with uh, Concepts, which is a retailer based in Boston. So we always try to find like an authentic connection to our partners, but try to find like uh, people who are going to serve up kind of a cooler fashion forward version of our icons that might um, you know, open the doors to getting the brand in front of um, some of the the younger people or the more fashion oriented people who would appreciate the brand on a heritage level, but also want something that they feel like they could wear in their everyday wardrobe. So uh, I think collabs plays a big part in that. But, you know, the classics are also equally important. And like for the like you just mentioned, like a few collab brands, like do they usually approach you all or do you guys kind of do like social listening where you're like, oh, these are some, whether it's a franchise or these are the brands that our users are really looking to, I think there might be something here and you guys kind of reach out to them. How does that work? 
I think a lot of it is proactive on our part. I mean, people do reach out to us a lot and there is a lot that goes into making a collab and it takes a really long time to make shoes. It's not like fashion where you can kind of do things in the season or a year's time. This It takes a few, you know, a little while to, to build out product and stuff like that. But we do a lot of research here on which brands we think would be great partners. And then, you know, we try to go after those, but then there's also people who reach out to us. And if we think it's a good fit, if we think that, They'll appeal to our customer that they have a, an authentic connection to us that would make sense and some good ideas. And, you know, we're, you know, mutual fans of each other. I think, you know, that that has a lot to do with what, who we work with as well. Yeah, yeah a lot of yeah. our cola partners have um, have worn Sperry, you know, in their childhood. Like they they have an emotional attachment to the brand. A lot of them grew up in New Jersey wearing Sperry's, coincidentally. <laughs> <laughs> so like ha- having partnerships that come from an authentic place are what we strive for. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of times in stuff like brands be like, oh, well, everybody wants to work with this brand or this company. Let's do something. And then you can kind of tell it's not – genuine or doesn't match so i think it's very important for like you um just spoke on earlier dina that you kind of make sure that like oh this aligns and this works out that it's not just a oh that's what everybody wants us to do but it actually is somebody who wants to work with us who we generally um have kind of the same values and the same kind of ideology on like what we're trying to do and accomplish because your consumers will be able to read through it if it's not a genuine collaboration or a project or whatever you're working on yeah, I mean, we've worked with some brands where, you know, the product was really cool. The brand was really cool. There was an affinity. Maybe we were like a little too early or like their customer didn't get it and our customer didn't get it. So like there has to be like the timing has to be right. The design has to be like not too out there. It has to still like kind of, you know, match with what's going on in real life with Sperry and with their with their customers. But, um, you know, just finding that balance, it's part of the whole process. And I feel like another hard thing to do is balancing with social media, you all like there's so many platforms in whatever, especially when you're talking about like new products or trying to get stuff out, especially during the holidays, everybody's turning to social and things like right now. What is there a form that you all feel that you kind of want to lean more towards in like, whether that be Instagram or TikTok or kind of like, how does that work whenever, regardless outside of like doing a new campaign or new launch, like are there different platforms that you feel that make the most sense when leaning into more? Yeah, I mean, you know, we we talked to sort of a, an older sort of millennial customer. Uh, we've been focusing a lot on Instagram the past year, and we're going to be rolling out more of a TikTok uh, campaign for 2024 and trying to get ahead of that. I mean, I think one of the big challenges that a lot of brands face is that brands have to become like full-fledged media companies right now, and they have to really <laughs> create like a full, you know, 360 you know, content, media, photo, video, you know, all kinds of stuff for a million different channels. And and the beast, you know, no matter what you feed it, it it's never full. You, know, you can keep going forever. I think with Sperry, we're, we're, you know, we've been doing what we can on Instagram. We've been focusing on that and that's been going well. Uh, the TikTok is rolling out and then we're going to, you know, focus on maybe, you know, something like Pinterest, like really visual media and uh, take it from there. I think focusing on UGC and getting our community involved on the Instagram uh, feed and Instagram stories has been really fun just to see our fans and how they like to wear us and and showcase it. So, you know, that's one of the fun things about Instagram that we're going to keep doing. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, Forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? 
We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. And I know a lot of brands and stuff have started, whether it's creator programs or ambassador programs to work with like influencers and other creators. Do you all do something like that? Like I know that's something a lot of brands and companies are kind of like iffy on that they're starting to dance with or start to do one where they're like, oh, let's generate UGC, but also partner with a lot of these creators. Like do you all feel like that's something necessary and that's pretty vital to the rollouts? Yeah, we do. We, I think part of the strategy for how to create that appeal with a, a new consumer, younger audience and drive that relevance is through styling. So the influencers and, and ambassadors really help us do that um, in a way that is super like native to social media and in, in terms of content. So we do, we, we, we've been, you know, testing and learning. We've had ambassador programs where we work with the same, you know, guys over the course of a year or two. Um, we've worked with micro influencers and in like more seasonal campaigns. Um, and then we've also done some just IGC influencer generated content that we've used on our own channels. So um, we're working through our strategy for next year, but it's definitely an important piece of it. I love that. And I kind of want to go back to <clears throat> our comment about different collapse and stuff. Um, do you guys have any like favorite ones that stick out that you all really enjoyed that were fun over social and like out of home or however you all did it that um, you all truly enjoyed working on? Well, I think, think we, just, we just did a great one with, uh, with concepts. I, I think they really uh, created some really gorgeous um, you know, imagery for us that, you know, we, we haven't seen our brand in that light, like the way they interpret it is really cool. Uh, we just did some stuff with Malbon. Uh, we did two collabs with them, Malbon Golf, which is a kind of a, a streetwear golf collection. And they uh, did a bunch of events at golf courses and really took some great pictures that were, you know, really well styled and kind of cool girls. And so I think those, you know, two recent ones, um, we also have a big one, coming up that we're launching in Paris and we're working on a bunch of really good content for that. And it's just really fun to see how these collaboration partners like elevate our brand or, or show it in a different light than the way, uh, you know, we show our classics. So, And I think that's a really cool because a lot of times when you're working with these brands, like they might notice something that like, you would know, they're like, oh, you get this. They're like, oh, actually the grip on the bottom of the shoe is actually the main focus. So we want to make a platform or we want to do this. And I think it just makes you look at it at a different light and also help be like, oh, we didn't really put a lot of focus into that part of that, but that might be something that, okay, that we should like kind of lean more into. So I feel like that's always really cool whenever you're working with partners or whatever that don't 
see it in the way that you do also, but see it still in a good positive light, but not in a way that you generally conceptualize the product. Totally. And uh, do you guys do any um, in-person pop-ups? Like I know a lot of different shoots and stuff during festival season, during the holidays, they'll do various pop-ups in different places. Do you all do a lot of um, pop-up or in-person events where people can um, engage together, whether it's within creators or within consumers, but um, do you guys show up a lot like that? We haven't done a lot of that. Um, we just did a pop-up with uh, Concepts at Head of the Charles, which is uh, the big regatta in Boston. So that sort of was like the launch of our uh, of our collab. It's right in our backyard. It was, you know, it was like a, a what is it, rowing, <laughs> rowing <laughs> event. So, it, you know, it ties back to water. <laughs> Crew, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not from Boston. <laughs> I see it on Instagram. So, you know, that's like a really great one for us. And a lot of uh, people who are like, long, you know, lifelong Sperry fans, like come to that and tell us how much they like it. We do show up at like other kind of like sailing events and, and things like that around, but not too many, but we do, we do try to pop up in different places. Okay. And do you, um, just for fun, do you, uh, either of you have like a favorite shoe a favorite style that you all like that really is your style that when you think of Sperry's is the one that you think of? That's really hard. And <laughs> Adina and I can fit into the, the samples. And so we have a lot of shoes. Um, <laughs> I just tried on a next, a next year's shoe. I'm wearing it now around the office. <laughs> Ooh. I like it. But yeah, there's so many to choose from. It's a little hard, you know? I'm wearing our Concepts collab today. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so, so funny. The, col- the collab shoes are are fun because um, they're like, you know, a little bit more special. And to your point, sort mm-hmm. of have this, you know, slightly, yeah, specialized take. Um, I, I Next year's product is going to be great. Oh, wow. And so I think what I've been wearing most lately is um, is stuff coming out next year. We have some new like platform boat shoes that look really nice, and then a lot of new casual boots too. That just given that it's December, um, I've been enjoying wearing. But, but if you're looking for something special that you could buy right now, everyone laughs in the office. I'm like obsessed with our exotics collection. I've been <laughs> oh yeah, uh, it's Adina's favorite. Uh, it is my favorite. They're like ostrich or croc embossed. Oh my Boat shoes or penny loafers, and there's like a black boat shoe, a black penny loafer, and then there's like a brown boat shoe, and then there's like a two-tone brown penny loafer, and they are awesome. If you just go to Sperry.com and you search for exotics, they'll come up, and I, I think those are the best things out there right now. And, the you know, some of the classics, obviously, but if you're looking for something, like, seasonally cool, that that's what I go for. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. I can't imagine, like, I'm just, like, picturing you just, like, walking out or walking to a holiday party and you have like the ostrich print on and people are like, what are those shoes? Well, they're black. So they're subtly ostrich. You know, if I could spray paint them like lime green. If she could spray, spray paint them, she would. Cause I'm thinking, I'm like, you, are you guys going to do a neon collection where it's like neon pink uh, classics or like lime that, green? I bet you could find them on, you know, a resale site. We had uh, neon patent leather, boat shoes like maybe oh three, three years ago. and loafers and drivers. actually someone was wearing yeah like penny loafers neon ones the other day um at the office but Colin, you might imagine that we saw a lot of brown <laughs> <laughs> Those are if we had to go with one color here it would be it would be we'd be mm. people and and that's what our customer wants like in by in the masses they want 
brown, you know, really nice quality brown juice from us. And we're a grand, good provider of them. No, like I think, no, so funny story. This isn't funny. It's actually sad. Um, it was, it was like, I think it was my freshman year of undergrad and I had a new pair of Sperry's and I was like, it's Friday night. I'm going to wear these out. And you guys, I wore them out downtown Austin and this girl spilled her, spilled her entire drink in my shoes Ooh. And I was so upset, and like my the duration of me wearing those shoes, it smelled like whatever that beer really? was that she spilled it. So I would be walking around, especially on a hot day in in Austin. Like I would be walking, people would be like, "Oh, is it happy hour already?" <laughs> and people would like smell it, and I she ruined the. <laughs> you can just step into the ocean, and they would wash off. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think of that in my head. I was like, "This is it. Like, this is my fate. I have to accept it." And you know, I'm just gonna smell like, you know, a happy hour everywhere I go when it gets hot. You're made for the water. You can you <laughs> just, uh, rinse them off, take a shower in them, dry them off, and they'll be fresh. Because I, I don't know why, but for some reason, I thought that if I like put water on them, that it would mess up the material. I don't even know, guys. Like. I was just like, I can't get them too wet. I gotta send you that. Your Sperry's. I'm gonna send that to you after this. <laughs> like that, that was that was my initial thought. I was like, oh, they're gonna get they're they're gonna get ruined. I can't do anything with them. But no, Sperry's has always been like that classic one that I look to, and I feel like that's what we like about legacy brands because, like, as each generation gets in with from our grandparents to our parents to us, it's like we reimagine it and we have a different retake on it, and I feel like. It's one of those where it's like, you know, the quality of it because it's gone through what generations, which Sperry's has. And it's also like, as time goes on, they're going to try new things. Like you guys said, the different collabs, the different things. But that root of it just being a brand that people know can go to, like, I need a quality brown tour, I need a quality shoe, period. Like, that's who I go to. And I feel like that's something that's hard to do as time goes on because as things get expensive, like sometimes like brands might cheapen out the materials or whatever. So it's like very hard for a lot of legacy brands or brands period to kind of keep that quality thing to go through honestly past five years. So I think that fact that's very, we're talking about 90 years is able to maintain that is very rare and very hard to do for a lot of brands. Yeah. It's, it's amazing because it's both the shoe itself that gets passed down from generation to generation, like that authentic original boat shoe and the classic CVO sneaker. Um, But then also like the brand itself does. And just meeting people and fans of the brand out in the world, a lot of them tell that story. You know, I wore these because my father wore these and my grandfather wore these, or, you know, they have this, this like legacy. It's part of their family story, which is really cool. Yeah. And for another like funny one, what, um, if you guys could pick a collab, it could be a celebrity or it could be a brand. Who would you all, who would be your dream Sperry's collab? Like it could be anybody, living or dead, or a brand that's here, not here anymore. A brand or a person. It could be Any. either. Yeah, uh, either. It's your dream Sperry's collab. <laughs> well, I'll give the obvious, obvious choice because um, Adina's going to come up with something more creative. But <laughs> Mew, Mew, Mew Mew just put boat shoes on the runway, and that would be pretty cool to have a collab Ooh. with Mew Mew since they're obviously on them. It was a big, it broke the internet for two minutes. I don't know if you heard about it. <laughs> I don't know if you were aware of those two minutes, but <laughs> <Bryce and Connie laughs> very aware. Mew Mew runway show. Yeah, that would be awesome. I don't mind would be uh, Tom Brown, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah. Also so good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would be, I, American I could see that. preppy. It's like, come on, Tom Brown, let's do a boat shoe. 
I know. Is Tom Brown listening? If you're out there, <laughs> give us a call. Tom Brown. Spirits is listening. I, okay. I thought of Hershey's. I don't know why, but I feel like. because it's brown. I, yeah. I was like, I see a Hershey's or mm-hmm. Kit Kat or a chocolate brand. Yeah. We, we like talk about doing like food or like non-fashion collabs. We always end up doing fashion, but we talked a few about a few like foodie type things. That's a cute one. Hershey's. But I was saying that, like, yeah, I, I feel like a good candy one would be cool to do because it's like, you know, brown and then it could, it doesn't have to be a scented shoe or a scented products, but I think just <laughs> having that, snap. yeah, just put it out there. I think that would be really cool. I love that. Um, and then for my last one, um, what advice do you guys have for legacy brands or brands that are listening that are like, oh, we're an a 90-year-old brand, a 50-year-old, or 100, and we're trying to reach younger demos without sacrificing our quality or our um, core values of who we are. Like, what advice would you give them? I think you have to have one consistent brand identity, no matter, you know, whether your your target is is younger than than who you have. I think what you stand for has to work, like, period. And then I think coming up with a how young is young demographic is an interesting one. And and for Sperry, we were targeting, we were focused on 18 to 35, but our average consumer was 41. And we felt like, you know, maybe that's a little bit too young and we should be focused on 25 to 40, which was still acquiring new and younger consumers, but, but a little bit more in line with the life stage and with a little bit more um, of what, what Sperry represents to people today. So, I think identifying the right target is important, but then and 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 of course, gearing your your creative and your designs toward that that target. Um, but then making sure that what you stand for works, you know, works for for everybody because you're not going to change your your brand positioning based on who you're talking to. No, that's true. That's a good point. Adina, did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, I think just being authentic when you're talking to any customer, old or young, you have to just keep that authenticity, which is basically just building on what Elizabeth just said. You don't want to sound insincere. You don't want to like say things that don't really represent your brand. And then also just being seen where your you know customer is. If you're trying to reach a younger de- demographic, talking to them where they hang out, if it's a store or a social media or a TV show or whatever, and, and working with the brands they like to to wear, you know, and just, just as everything has to be consistent and authentic from messaging to collaborations to, you know, social posts, et cetera. Yeah. Cause like I mentioned earlier, like people can tell that if it's a genuine uh, reach or genuine campaign. So if you're completely going off the rails of what you're doing to try to reach um, new and younger consumers, they're going to be able to read that. And then your consumers who aren't in that demo and who are looking and be like, okay, you all have really lost it and you've and you're lost me. So it really is kind of, like you said, just like kind of showing up where they are and kind of listening, hearing the things that they're trying to do and seeing how, what you're currently doing and what they're wanting, how there can be like a little middle ground and where you can kind of meet in the middle to not to sacrifice authenticity or like brain morals or brain core. I love that. Um, well, thank you both so much for being here and giving us so many good ideas. Mew Mew and Tom Brown, I hope you all are listening. I know. We have Follow great us. collab. We and have great Hershey. collab ideas. And Hershey, we have great collab ideas for you all. But no, I appreciate you all so much for being here today. Yeah, we love listening to this podcast. And thank you for inviting us on. And um, 
hopefully we'll see you again IRL soon. Yes. Wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.